Assisting in the worship service is lay minister Bruce Slatton, organist Mrs. Susan Sinager, and acolyte Daniel Yelenek. All right, and as you Smith. are taking your seats, let's open our worship service today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Lord's Day, Sunday. Uh, Lord, what a great reminder that this day is, that you have been resurrected, that your tomb is empty, and, us, and as such, Lord, ours will also be empty as well. And so, Lord, we ask you now uh, to be present among us. We know that you are here, uh, and for that, Lord, we are thankful. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. <clears throat> So we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my sins unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The heavens declare the glory of God. Day to day pours out speech. Their measuring line goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The heavens declare the glory of God. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have built your church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Continue to send your messengers to preserve your people in true peace, that by the preaching of your word your church may be kept free from all harm and danger. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, 
But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. This is the word of our Lord. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Their voice has gone out to all the earth. At this time, I invite the young disciples to come forward for the children's message given today by Mr. Clybaker. Now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites, your offering as well. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good? Doing good? Hey, take a look at my shirt. What color, colors, is my shirt? Blue, white, and red. Do you have any idea why I wore this shirt today? The 4th of July. Very good. Yeah, did you guys shoot some fireworks off and have a good time? Cook some hamburgers and hot dogs, maybe drink a little lemonade or something like that? Why do we celebrate the 4th of July? Why is that an important day? Anybody? Because it was the day that our country was made. It was the day our country was made. Right. That's a very, very important day. It's it's the anniversary of that day, right? Our Independence Day. And what do we call our country? Some kind of states, right? What's the first word? United, the United States of America. I don't know about you all, I'm proud to be an American, and that's why I wore my red, white, and blue shirt this morning. United, right? We happen to live in the state of Missouri, most of us do. Um, There are a lot of other states. Each one of those states is kind of special, different, and unique. California and Florida have beaches and oceanfront. Missouri... We've got, right around here, we've got everything from cows and corn to Ozark Mountains and 
clear streams and brooks. Then you go to Colorado and you see the Rocky Mountains, right? Every state's a little different. The people talk a little differently. All those things are kind of special and unique, but united together, we're a strong and great country, aren't we? Now, I'm going to ask for a volunteer. Okay, step right up here. I need you to stand right here by me, and I'm going to have to have some help from you all, okay? I'm going to point at something on her, and I want you to tell me what it is, okay? We're going to start right here. What is this? A hand, yes. Oh my goodness, she's got perfect shoes on today. What are those? Feet. What else does she have there? Toes. Yes, okay. Um, something that rhymes with toes. What is that? Nose. How about those? How many of those does she have? Two. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. What does she got right there? Teeth. And how about, what are her teeth in? Mouth. Right. Arms, legs. We'll finish with this. What's that? Hair. Okay. Goodness gracious. She's got a lot of different body parts, doesn't she? How about you guys? You do too, right? Yeah. God made us special that way. And what's really interesting is much like the United States we just talked about, God took all of these different parts, hair, nose, toes, eyes, mouth, teeth, etc., and made one body out of it, didn't he? Tongue, yeah. I like that. I like my tongue, especially with ice cream on the 4th of July. How about you guys? Yeah. So, one body. Let's read in 2 Corinthians, and you can have a seat. Thank you very much. Let's read in 2 Corinthians real quickly, if I can get my Bible app to open up. It says, first, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members that we just talked about, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ, with Jesus. For in one spirit, the Holy Spirit, in one spirit, we were all baptized, right? We were all baptized into one body. You know what that one body is? The church, right? Jesus. Now, St. Paul was writing to the early church. He says, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we could say today, Missourians or folks from Colorado, boys or girls, all were made to drink of one spirit. Now, as I understand it, Pastor and the LYF members, our high school youth, just came back from the Higher Things Conference where they learned a lot about unity and being together. And that's important. Each of us are individual Christians, but together, in unity, we are the church. And that's how Jesus planned it. Let's say a special word of prayer to him, and then we can go back to our seats. Heavenly Father, we thank you, first of all, that you baptized each one of us into your faith. 
and faith in you. And that now we all have the Holy Spirit working within us to keep us in that faith. We pray that as this group of young people gets older, that they'll continue to come together as one body and that you'll give us all strength as your church here on earth to do your will. Now we also pray that you'd let us listen closely to pastor sermons so that we might learn more about how important it is to be unified as Christians. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The epistle reading for this morning is taken from Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. 
and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it would be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And for Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The seventy-two here, the seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we will be basing our message around is the Old Testament lesson that was just read from Genesis chapter 3. This was uh, one of the texts that in the conference that I went to with our youth to uh, St. Paul, the, one of the plenary speakers used this text as a way in which to illustrate Concordia, uh, which was the theme of the conferences, well, is, I, I, I guess, uh, the theme of the conferences this year. And Concordia, for those of you who don't know exactly what that means, uh, essentially means this. It means Christian unity and Christian fellowship. And how, and we're going to kind of break this down and talk about this, but how that starts with God, continues with our relationship with God, and then continues then on into our relationship with one another. But before we get to all of that, I really need to begin by bragging on our group of youth here. Um, I've been going with them now for three years, and this is the first time that I can remember in working in ministry, uh, specifically with youth, we never have a single problem with them, ever. They show up when we ask them to show up. Um, They, well, I don't know if you go to bed when you're supposed to, but I go to my room, and you guys can do just, you know, whatever you're you want to do. Um, but we never have any problems with them. They are stupendous and superb, and I thank you guys for making the trip easy for me and for the Hansons as well. So we learned about Concordia. We learned about Christian unity and Christian fellowship, and the way that the, that the pastor began his, his plenary was by talking about God. Specifically, that God is our concordia, that God is our Christian unity, that he is our Christian fellowship. Number one is that God is the author and the giver of life. It was he, specifically we learn about Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured at the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it is God who is the author of life. It is God who wanted to be in relationship with his creation. Yes, God wanted to be and wants to be and and will continue to want to be, to desire to be in unity, in relationship, in fellowship with you and with me. God is the creator of the world as well. And it is through the creation that then God made his relationship with us. Now this gets muddied in a little bit, and we're going to talk about that. But it is in this relationship, in this creation, that God has ordered really everything. And if you look at our relationship to God as creatures to creator or I guess really as creator to creatures. And if you look at, at Scripture through that lens, Scripture really begins to open up. 
And I think it, it begins to make perfect sense for why, A, that the Scriptures are written in the way that they are, and B, perhaps most importantly, the reason why God sent His own Son to die for His creation. So God creates the world, and then He creates relationships specifically with you and I. And the way in which we stay in that relationship, of course, is by being baptized children of the Heavenly Father. I had this conversation recently uh, with somebody, nobody, nobody here, um, but we talked about this really big word that we, as Lutherans, that we like to use called sanctification. And there is an unfortunate misnomer and un fortunate non-belief out there that sanctification, which is the process by which we become more and more holy, more and more set apart for God and His purposes, that that process is something that we can accomplish by doing X, Y, and Z to get there. But the problem is, is that if sanctification is something that we do, if the process of becoming more and more holy, more and more set apart by God and... um, uh, um, by God and for God and for His purposes, if that is something that we do, it is in essence just like dangling a carrot or some other, or for me, it would be chocolate, um, dangling chocolate in front of me and I would be chasing it and I would never actually get there. Because I can't do it on my own. And I can't become more set apart for God and His purposes by anything that I do. Because if it was up to me, I wouldn't even go one step backward, or I'm sorry, one step forward and two steps backward. It would just always be backwards. Because I can't do it. And so through baptism, by being a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, God promises us, I'm going to continue to sanctify you, continue to work on you, continue to make you more and more holy, more and more set apart for me and for the purposes that that I have for you. And that's how we stay in relationship. That's how we stay in unity with God, in fellowship with Him. Now, if you go to your uh, Old Testament lesson with me, open that, please, Genesis chapter 3. Actually, we're going to start with Genesis chapter 1, which, I'm sorry, is not in your bulletin, but if you have your uh, pew... Bible there. Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 26. We see in Genesis how God is also in fellowship, how God is also in unity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were all there, of course, at the beginning of all things. And then as we see here in Genesis chapter 1, they are all part of the process of making man, of making humans. And as such, they are all part of the process then of being in relationship with us as creation. Then God said, let us make man in our image, let us make man in our image, notice the plural, after our likeness, there's that plural again, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In the beginning, 
in the beginning of all things was concordia, was unity with God, was fellowship with God. Everything was perfect. Everything worked out really, really well. Adam and Eve never had to worry about waking up with aches and pains. This past weekend, uh, I went to the lake for the first time in 15 years. I mean, a long time. And the people that we went with, he encouraged me to go wake surfing. I did it, barely. <laughs> the next morning, I was so sore. It was, I, 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 I kind of woke up and I couldn't really reach my arms above my head very well to, to wash my, my hair or my head or whatever it is. Anyway, so the point is, Adam and Eve didn't have to worry about waking up with aches and pains. They didn't have to worry about sickness. They didn't have to worry about upsetting people. They didn't have to worry about people upsetting them. There was none of that because everything was Concordia. And everything was perfect unity and everything was perfect fellowship. But then something happens. And now let's go to our text from Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. And here comes the deception. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And let's all say that next part together. And you will be like God. Let's say that again, just for emphasis. And you will be like God. He's so sneaky. You won't you won't, you won't die. You're not going to just keel over immediately. No. Your eyes are going to be opened. And you're going to see things the way that, that you should really see them. And you will be like God. Whatever, what happened to Concordia? What happened to that perfect relationship? What happened to perfect unity? What happened to perfect fellowship? It, it, it all goes completely down the drain the moment that she starts to rationalize. You know, maybe this isn't such a bad idea after all. By the way, a side note, but an important one. Men, it wasn't the woman's fault, just so you know. Because the, the whole time that this is happening, where's Adam? What's going on over there? He's behind her the whole time and says nothing. And who was the one who was put in charge of creation? Adam was. So there's that. Okay, now. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. The church of God in Christ Jesus is known as, I mean, our church is not specifically titled that, but the church of God, ours and the church throughout the entire world, is Concordia, is in fellowship with God only because of one person, Jesus Christ. Which had to happen because it, of course, was through Adam, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
It was through one man that Concordia was wrecked, through another man, Concordia, unity, salvation, is brought back to the way that it was supposed to be. And of course, that comes through Jesus Christ. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. There's a difference between being made in the, in the, in the image of God, which we are, and being like him, knowing good and, and evil and all of this other stuff that the serpent was trying to and did eventually deceive Eve with. Your job and my job is not to be God. That job is taken. Instead, our job is to be creation. And we have such a difficult time doing this. So let's give ourselves a, hmm, I don't really think I ever want to be like God. Okay, ask yourself this question. And if you answer yes, by the way, all of you are going to answer yes. Just, just know this. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever done anything that you wanted to do? Right? Have you ever done anything that you wanted to do and you knew that it was wrong? Or at least kind of wrong? And every single one of us can answer and will answer that question yes. And when we think that we know better for ourselves, and when we think that we know what we need in order for us to be happy, when we think that we know what we need, then suddenly we try to make ourselves like God, because we think we know what is best for ourselves. The next thing, the next thing that the pastor talked about was liturgy as Concordia, and this was brilliant, probably my favorite part of the entire plenary. The liturgy that we follow every Sunday, so the, the order of worship that is in your bulletin, many of you may not realize this, some of you do, but many of you may not realize there's a reason for why everything is in its place. For example, there's a reason for why we do confession and absolution before we partake in communion. There's a reason for why we say the creeds. There's a reason for why we say the psalms. There's a reason for why we do everything in the order of worship that we do. And it all has to do with concordia. It all has to do with relationship, fellowship, unity with God. Of course, we see fellowship with God most easily in the sacraments by being baptized and, of course, by partaking in his very body and blood, in fellowship with God. Now, I'm going to say this next thing. When we make the sign of the cross, it's not just for Catholics. It's not. You can do it, too. And it's perfectly fine. Lightning is not going to strike you. Nobody's going to accuse you of being a Catholic. Not that that would be the worst thing. Lutherans can make the sign of the cross too, and it's really very simple. The reason for why we do it is really very simple. When all of us, before, sorry, moments before all of us became baptized children, whenever a child or whenever an adult or somebody is standing here ready to be baptized, the first time that the sign of the cross is put upon them is, is at that moment. 
Receive the sign of the cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. And so whenever we make the sign of the cross, it's not because of some, uh, of some um, uh, superstitious thing. It's because we are reminding ourselves that we are baptized. And we are reminding ourselves not just the fact that we are baptized, but because we are baptized in the name of God, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we see Concordia whenever the sign of the cross is is made. Now, this next part, I thought that he said was really, really good as as well. We've talked about this before, but there's a reason why our worship service is called a worship service. It is because of the fact that God, in his might and in his glory and in his love, comes to us in order to serve us. Understand this. In worship service, God is not only a thing to be worshipped. Because if God is only a thing to be worshipped, he's nothing more than an idol. But, if God is the one who comes to us, if God is the one who, in coming to us, the reason for coming to us uh, is, is that he desires concordia, that he desires fellowship with us, then, and only then, is he God. And that is really what separates Christians and the Christian God from every other so-called God out there. There is no other religion in the entire world that can claim what we can claim. Try it. You won't find it. There is no other religion in the world that can claim what Christianity can claim. That our God, in His love and in His loving kindness towards us and his great mercy and affection and grace for us actually serves us. We who are broken, we who don't want to listen, we who want to be like God ourselves, he still comes and serves us. That's an enormous difference between us and every single other religion in the entire world. So this is why, this is why you come to service even when you don't feel like it, even when you wake up on Sunday morning and it's like 9.30 and you're like, I'm going to be like 10 minutes late, I'm just not even going to go. I was out, I was, I was out late, I just can't make it, I had a busy weekend, I just can't, can't, can't make it. We all know what the ex- excuses are. And I, I suppose that if God was only the object to be worshipped, then I suppose that any of those excuses that you and I come up with for not coming to church, for not coming to Bible class, for not being in fellowship, in unity, in concordia with God, then I suppose that all of those excuses make perfect sense if he is just an object to be worshipped. But if God is he the supreme God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who desires nothing more than to serve you and I with his love and with his gospel and with his truth and with his grace, his very body and blood poured out and broken for us, then even when we don't feel like going 
to church, that's why we still go. Because God is found here. Because God serves us here. Everything, it has everything to do with the fact that God has gifts to give you. And we talked about what those gifts are. So, the devil has a part in this. We just saw, going all the way back to the beginning, what was Satan's primary objective, and and it succeeded. It was to ruin and to break Concordia. It was to ruin it. It was to ruin and to break perfect unity with God. It was to ruin and to destroy perfect relationship and perfect fellowship with God. Go ahead. You will be like God. You will have no need anymore for concordia with God because you'll simply be God. You'll know good and evil. You can be your own person. You don't need God. You can simply be your own person. You can live how you think it's best for you to live. And how easily, how easily and how tempting he makes that look for us. To simply just break concordia, to simply break perfect unity and perfect fellowship with God. And every single one of us here today has different experiences with that and different ways in which that looks. And still, and still, God desires concordia with you. And still. It's just like, I I reference this um, parable a lot, but it's, uh, sorry, I just can't help it. It's like the story of the prodigal son, right? The son goes to his father and essentially tells him, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. And so the son takes it and he goes, and of course we know how the rest of the story goes. And the son comes back, the father sees him from a distance, runs out to greet him, puts, gives him the best of everything, and never one time, not one time, does the father say, well, why did you do that? Not one time does the father say, you know, I, I really don't know if this is going to work or not. You're going to have to really prove, it, prove yourself to me. Not one time does he say anything like that. No, instead, the desire for concordia with his son moves him so much that he gives him the best of everything, no questions asked. And if we were to know uh, how the rest of that family's life went, I I can guarantee you the father never brings it up once. Not even when the son messes up again, which he probably would do. That should be a movie. That'd be a really good movie. Still, God desires concordia and relationship and unity, perfect unity with you. If we go back to the first verse, of the church's one foundation. Let's read together the first verse of the church's one foundation. 
The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. From heaven, Jesus came and sought you. With his own blood, he has purchased you. And no matter what we do to ruin it, still he comes after us. Still he seeks us. Still his blood has covered us entirely, putting us in perfect concordia with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Virgin Pilate, was crucified by the Spirit, and descended into hell. The third day, Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now would be a good time, whether you are a guest or uh, a member with us today, to please fill out the red sign-in book. Um, and guests, if you would be so kind as to leave your name and perhaps a way that we might be able to reach you, uh, to thank you for worshiping w- with us today and being served by God um, today, we ask that you would uh, do that as well. We collect our tithes and offerings.
Dear Lord, it was you and is you that desired and still desire unity and fellowship with us. This is not something that we have sought out for ourselves, but rather something that you sent your Son to die for, to seal fellowship with you in his own blood. When Satan wants to tear our fellowship with you apart, keep us close to you through your Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy. For the preservation of marriage, that God would defend husbands and wives from every assault of the enemy, support them in their faithfulness and loving service to one another, and grant them joy in every time. Lord, in your mercy. For grace that the church may always welcome little ones with joy, that nothing would hinder them from being brought to the Savior and blessed by being placed into his loving arms. Lord, in your mercy. For all public servants and those who protect us, that they may be supported and upheld in every good deed. Lord, in your mercy. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place. Lord, in your mercy. We pray also for all who are sick or hurt or are lonely. We pray especially for all those on our health list. For Melba and for Lanny, Janice and Carol, for Oren and Ethel, Joan and Addison, Steve and Becky and Wayne, and Bob and Mark, and Lorne and Gary, and Emma and Brenda and Rose Marie, and for Bob and John and for Debbie and for Bob and Mary, and Fred and Lisa and Jen, Catherine and Deborah and Joe, Philip, Louise, Loetta, and for Ruth. We also pray, Lord, for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally, that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for blessings and joy for all with birthdays. For Aline, and we pray that she feel assured and ready for the year ahead, knowing that you will go with her. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for vacation Bible school this coming week that the learning and fun that is centered around Jesus would go to uplift all who are coming as well as leading. May your presence be felt among all. Lord, in your mercy. For the picnic that is on Friday, that the food, fellowship, and fun that is enjoyed shall all be to the glory of your name. We pray that you would please send more people to help with the events that we have planned. Please be with those leading the event, that everything that they do would be as working for the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you for all with anniversaries soon. As your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Continue to wrap yourself in our marriages and our families. For Craig and Tammy, Gloria, and for Jerry. 
that you might keep them in their marriage so hidden within you that all forces of evil would come to nothing. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, for grace to partake faithfully of the body and blood of Christ with repentant hearts and a firm resolution to amend our sinful lives by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who ascended above the heavens and sitting at your right hand poured out on this day the promised Holy Spirit on his chosen disciples. For all this the whole earth rejoices with exceeding joy. Therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, Take and eat. 
This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift, and we implore you that, we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Christ at Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.christatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. 
Your announcer has been Darren Chain. And at this time, I invite our LYF youth uh, to come forward to give their um, presentations on what they learned in our week in St. Paul. So please, come on up. They're going to need uh, the lectern mic, uh, guys in the back. Thank you. Testing. Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Dustin Schmidt, and I would just like to start with thanking everybody that donated money to us or that participated in any of our fundraisers. Without you guys, none of this would be possible for us, and it's a really great trip, so thank you. Um, every year that I have gone on this trip, it has been a great reminder of my faith and a great way to kind of like rejuvenate me and my spirit. And there's always so many things to learn. I want to talk about one thing. I hear it every single year, and I don't think you can hear it enough. It's that no matter what you do, there's nothing you can do to get rid of the saving grace of Christ. It's not dependent on you, as was talked about in the sermon. There's nothing you can do to make it accepted to you. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to get rid of it. It's just there for you, and I think that's amazing, and I think it's something that needs to be repeated more often. So, thank you. So, we thought we'd save the best for first this year. <laughs> um, hi, my name's Vera. This is really loud. I'm sorry. I'm just a loud person. And I went on the Higher Things trip. This is my fourth Third, fourth year. I don't know how long it's gone. I, this is the longest I've slept like all week, and it's great. Um, I'd like to thank everyone who contributed to our trip, whether it's through money, um, the parents with the snacks. You guys are like MVPs, best snacks I've ever had on a trip. <laughs> um, let's talk about what I've learned. The first thing I learned, abuse is bad. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds really strange, but in, there's a verse in the Bible which I hear a lot, especially on the higher things trips, because I'm constantly looking for love. So I go to all the relationship seminars. There's a verse in Ephesians that talks about um, the Christ in the church. It's wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wife as you yourself. In the Bible, you never hear about Jesus hitting the church or yelling at the church, or controlling the church's finances, even though we take offering every Sunday. Um, it's just, it was something that hit me really hard, because, like, that's something that I never really think about. The second thing that I learned about is, about my generation, or our generation, is that 49% of us are like me. We are mixed. We're not as white as previous generations, which is really, really cool because I don't see a lot of kids like me, but to know that there's 49% of us that are like me, I find that very, very cool. The third thing is, I didn't know if we needed to add this on the voter's ballot or something. We need to get Pastor a GPS. <laughs> he might be our shepherd. He leads us spiritually, but you get that man in the halls of a Concordia 
and we're taking wrong turns, we're exiting wrong doors. It took us 30 minutes to find our first service because pastor's like, I think it's this way. And our fearless president, Hannah, no, it's this way. And I'm like, I don't look at maps, so I'm just going to follow them. That was a wrong decision. Okay, now I'm done being funny. Um, Thank you all for helping us on our trip, and have a blessed week. Hi, my name is Catherine. Um, Okay, first of all, I would like to thank everybody for making this amazing Higher Things trip possible. We had such an amazing week, and we went to some awesome breakaways, learned some new things, and we had the best time ever. One of the things that I had learned from one of the breakaways that I went to was that abuse can show up anywhere, like anywhere. And uh, again, I'd like to thank everybody for making this trip possible. Hi, my name's Jackson. This is my fourth year on the trip, too. And I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was forgiveness of sins. Like, we're supposed to repent, and it says we're supposed to do that, but that's not what gets our sins forgiven. Because if it was, then none of our sins would be forgiven. Because we're not truly repentant. We're not truly sorry, or else we would stop doing the sins, right? So it's up to God to forgive our sins, and it's nothing we do. And that's just really comforting, and that's good news because that means that our sins are forgiven and we can mess up and it doesn't matter because he still loves us and he's still there for us. Thank you. Um, my name is Dade Minning. This is my fourth year on going on the Higher Things trip. And I would like to start off by thanking everybody that made this trip possible with donations, uh, the Hansons for driving, Pastor for hauling all of our luggage and stuff. Um... We did a few things on the way up there, one of which was the Mall of America. We actually did an escape room when we went up there, and we were all shocked to find out that the girls actually beat the boys, and Dustin, and Pastor, and Pastor. but I would like to point out that they used 20 hints when we used the three that were given to us. 14 when we, were used, we used the three that were given to us. Yeah, no, she gave them to us. Um, This year's conference was actually a really small one, and, like, about 200 people, which I wasn't really used to. But by the end of the day, like, by the end of the first day, it was pretty cool, in my opinion, because there were, you got to interact more with, like, the pastors and the guest speakers and everybody like that. Um, My favorite breakaway was actually Pastor Jake's, because um, I never knew how many things were misinterpreted in the Bible. Like, I never knew how many things that I misinterpreted myself. And I just found that really cool. And I would like to talk to the parents and everybody whenever I say, get your kids encouraged in LYF before, like, at the end of their eighth grade year. Because it is really a one-time experience, and they won't regret it. They'll learn a lot and just grow as a Christian. So thank you. My name is Vanson. Is it good? Okay. This is my second year going on the trip, and I want to start by thanking everyone who helped make this trip possible, by Mr. and Mrs. Hansen for 
running this and Pastor Jake for helping us take our stuff up there and everyone here who helped. I think one of the things I learned on the trip was uh, during the Generation Z breakaway, talked about how we were the first generation to live in a post-Christian world. So I thought that was pretty interesting because about 100 years ago, it was about 90% Christian, but now it's gone down to less than 50. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who helped. Hannah. Pretty sure you all knew that, but everyone's announcing their name. This is my fourth year, and we only got one year left, so guys, we got to make next year the best, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know if Stan's going to let us go to Colorado, but we'll see. Uh, my, I picked out two out of the, like, six breakaways we go to. One of my favorites was Pastor Jake's, because he brought up a, good, a lot of good points about how a simple Bible verse can be corrupted and warped into something that it's not actually supposed to mean and then go on and on like the game telephone and mean something totally different. And then there was one by Erica Jacoby. She did one about our generation, iGen. And... She said something that really stood out to me. She said that our identity has nothing to do with our gender, our race, our blood type, or our eye color. Our identity is our baptism. And we have to remember whose we are. We are Jesus's. So on the way up, seeing as how Miss Hansen and Stan have a lot to do, and I decided that I would help out a little bit, because, like, Miss Hansen's got to set the our rooms up, our hotels, plan everything out, make sure we have enough money to go on the trip and everything. So I told her I would take a little bit off her plate and help pick out a few things to do on the way up. Well, okay, so we did the escape room, which is at the Mall of America. And when I was helping look for ideas on the trip, I knew it would be fun for everyone to get to see the Mall of America. And I was like, escape room, good bonding activity. Everyone kinda has no choice but to come. So it was a perfect option. Plus, it was lots of fun. And we won, so like. <laughs> and then the first day, though, we get to, got to see Stan's family. And you guys, they are amazing. They are so hospitable. They make you a whole bunch of food. And then it's always amazing. And you get to play croquet. They have cornhole, ladder ball, it's just amazing, okay? And then, I gotta tell you, Stan's sisters-in-law's corn, it is amazing. I took a cup of corn to go when we were leaving the house. <laughs> but enough about that, more about you guys. I just want to thank you all for contributing in helping us get to go to higher things because it is amazing and I would not trade any weeks that I have spent at higher things for anything because it's eye-opening and you learn so much and oh I was also gonna say that our tetramorph which is like I don't know it's you're put in sections by your state and our group one so that was exciting too yeah we only had two states in ours so we did pretty good <laughs> thank you guys Thank you.
Hello, my name is Sadie, as most of you probably already know that. It's my first year. I was a little nervous at first. I had a blast, especially I'm so glad my sister did not disown me on this trip. Um, well, so my favorite breakaway was Pastor Jake's, and his was about how people misinterpret Bible verses and all these things. And something that really stood out to me in his um, breakaway was about like the baptisms and stuff. Because he also spoke about how baptism and how babies do need to be baptized and all this stuff. Well, he also like called me out because one of his Bible verses was my um, my confirmation verse. Know that by heart. Um, but baptism saves us, and babies need to be saved too because they sin, and we are di- we have been dying in sin ever since we were born, which is a bad thing. But yeah, um, I had really fun on this trip, and. I loved that we beat the boys in the escape room. Best part of the trip. (laughs) We might have had a little bit of more time because we were a little we were running behind because we we went to a zoo, which was really fun. Um, So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, LYF youth, and thank you for. Uh, giving me the opportunity to go as well. Um, Mrs. Hansen has something for us. I have one from Jack Goodman. He couldn't be here today, and he sent it to me this morning and wanted me to read it for him. It says, I am sorry I can't be here to read this myself. I have another camp starting this morning. I had a great time at the Higher Things Conference this year. I learned a lot about the faith, like why it is so important to repent. I learned that our generation needs to be firm believers in Christ and spread God's word because we are the first generation to live in a world where there is less than half the population is Christian. I also learned that when you cram four boys into a room meant for one, we all end up very sleep-deprived. This trip definitely strengthened my faith in Christ. Thanks to everyone who donated and made this trip possible. I had a ton of fun, learned a lot, and can't wait for next year. I just want to say that these were the best rooms we've ever had. They were apartments. There were four bedrooms for four boys. So the fact that four boys slept in one bedroom is their own fault. And then I just want to take a second to... um, um, I want to mention Catherine. Um, Catherine is our senior this year, and I'm not going to make her come up here, but I just wanted to mention that we do appreciate that you've been able to go with us. And, um, you know, everybody knows Catherine's a little quiet, but at the end of the day when we have our complines and, and we're discussing the things that we've learned today, she's learned amazing things. She talks about very deep subjects, and these conferences have, have really changed her heart and her mind on some several um, aspects. So I know that um, um, she's going to be missed, and we love her. And I just wanted to take a moment and tell, tell you, all of you how much she has really grown um, from coming with us. And we're so glad she's been able to do that. Thank you. Thank you also to the Hansons uh, for not only organizing the uh, trip, but pouring so much of yourselves into our youth uh, and for loving them in the way that you do. So thank you very, very much to them as well. Uh, 
we do have announcements. The first announcement is, uh, as we prayed about this in just, uh, just a little bit ago, that Vacation Bible School is this week, uh, July 8th through 11th, so it, it starts tomorrow for kids ages 3 through 5. Uh, we still need volunteers, I believe, so please let me, Andrew Shane, or Lacey Creed, or Katrina McBlair know if you are able to volunteer. Uh, tomorrow, if you are a leader or a volunteer for the VBS, please plan to be uh, over in the school by 5 p.m. Uh, for prayer as we pray over our week. And then also, uh, the Trinity Lutheran Church picnic is this Friday, July 12th at 6 p.m. Uh, again, all ladies not working, please bring two pies, and those working, please bring one pie to be served at the picnic. We'll be having a pie auction and are asking for additional pies for this purpose. Uh, there are still lots and lots of uh, spaces available for people to volunteer to assist with the different areas. Uh, so please find that sheet that is located in the narthex as well. Um, and then the council meeting today is at 1.30 uh, over in the fellowship hall. So if you are on council, please do not forget that as well. Uh, I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.